part of the worship that everything that has gone before prepares us for, which is the living word of God. Won't you come with me now to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, Old Testament book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18, this morning we will read verses 1 through 6. Later on we will go to verses 1 through 11. Today we're going to do verses 1 through 6. Jeremiah chapter 18, won't you stand as you're able out of reverence for God's holy and powerful Word And listen now for the word of the Lord. Let me, let me kind of set this word up for you. In verse 27, we see now that the prophet preacher, Jeremiah, had been praying a long time for his people to repent so that God would not destroy them as he had said to the prophet. So in 27 kind of sets up our powerful lesson for today. Jeremiah 20, 17, 27 says, but if you keep on, God says, carrying things through the city gates on the Sabbath, which means if you keep on doing things on the Sabbath and not coming to church and keep treating it as any other day, God says, I'm gonna set fire to these gates and I'm gonna burn down the whole city including the fortresses. Look at your neighbor say, don't play with God, don't play with God. Not God. So we find the prophet Jeremiah in a state of depression because he loved the people that God had sent him to pastor and preach to so much. And he was so sorry that they had not heard what he was saying, that Jeremiah was begging God to just give him a word. And so Jeremiah goes to the pottery house. Listen, listen. The Lord told me, said Jeremiah, go to the pottery shop and when you get there, I will tell you what to say to the people. So Jeremiah said, I went there and I saw the potter making clay pots on his pottery wheel and whenever the clay would not take the shape he wanted, he would change his mind and form it into some other shape. Then the Lord told me to say, people of Israel, I, the Lord, have power over you just as a potter has power over clay. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God, you may be seated.
want to pray in, with me and for me now, almighty and everlasting God, as I come before your people and my people. Won't you now allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. For you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And I pray that my life will give you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the church say amen. Now smile at somebody this lovely morning. Smile at somebody and say, neighbor. Neighbor. You are in the potter's hand. We're in the potter's hand. Our scripture text comes to us this morning from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, chapter 18. The first few verses of Jeremiah. It's one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, chapter 18, is a message of hope a message of God's grace, his unmerited love, and a message of God's mercy, not doing to us what we deserve. These verses now are a comforting reminder to all of us that no matter how boldly we have messed up in life, no matter how many mistakes we've made, no matter how miserably we have failed, God doesn't throw away his people. Did you hear that? God does not throw away his people. Now, what we have to understand that God created everything, but all people who were created by God are not his people. Because in our free will, we have the choice. So those of us who have joined the church and we say that the Lord is the Lord of our lives, we are God's people. Instead, God takes us broken pieces and all, and he remolds us and reshapes us all the time into a new creation. Now, folk who don't like new things, you got to get ready because God is doing new things. Sometimes you ought to be even tired of yourself the way yourself is today and pray for God to change you. Hallelujah, God. Somebody say amen. God will never leave you like he finds you. Don't ever trust people that say, I am just like this, always been like this, and I'll never change. The devil is a lie because God is always working on his people. And so the prophet, Pastor Jeremiah, needed desperately poor pastor to be reminded of this wonderful truth because Pastor Jeremiah preached and pastored in a time when Israel had become a divided nation. Ain't nothing new under the sun. I said a, a divided nation. Divided among themselves and separated from God. But despite the pastor's pleas to the people for them to repentance, Judah, the people, continued to move further away from God and closer to her own destruction. Judah's sinful rebellion absolutely broke the pastor's heart. 
That's why he became known as the weeping prophet. He was being Christ-like. See, as a Christian, you're supposed to be like Christ. There was a Christ-likeness in Jeremiah, if we remember in the New Testament, when Jesus wept. You know, some of us, that's the only Bible verse we know. <laughs> it is a Bible verse, though. It's okay to say it. Jesus wept. Well, you need to understand that Jesus wept looking over the city. Therefore, knowing that Pastor Jeremiah needed some reassurance that, that his ministry had not been in vain, God takes Pastor Jeremiah on a little field trip. Somebody say amen. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. It amazes me that we don't understand that God is speaking to us in so many ways and with so many things. Oh, there was a time when we understood that God was always speaking. And God is speaking louder now than I think he's ever spoken. Speaking through everything. I, you know, I had a lizard come in my house again the other day. Y'all know how I feel about lizards. I'm just lizard. These lizards keep coming in. So you know what I did? I said, God, you know, I just believe you're speaking to me. So I went and I looked up the Christian understanding of a lizard. Because I'm going to tell you now, you better, you better start doing this. God is speaking through everything. The Christian understanding was a lizard is this. That a lizard is a symbol of blessings. I asked the Lord to please forgive me for spraying the little lizard. <laughs> sense is a symbol of blessings and then it goes further it says that we should watch the movement of a lizard because God would want us to flow in that same movement with the Holy Spirit don't ever underestimate, underestimate how God is speaking to us today and this Bible lesson is a true why would God tell the preacher, he didn't say go to church, he didn't say go visit somebody, God said you go down to the potter shop and you stand there for a minute because I'm going to speak to you at the potter shop. You better be obedient to whatever God is telling you. You better be listening all the time, my beloved. You better know that God is up to something today. And we better be on board. You see, a potter or a pottery maker is an artist. It's a craft. An artist that uses their artistic talents to create pots and dishes and cups and mugs and vases and all types of artwork at the potter's house. Now, most potters create functional pieces. You better hear this. Pieces that you can use that have some use. They're good for something. They're not good for nothing pieces. And most potters create functional pieces that are meant to be put to everyday use. However, they can also create pieces that are decorative and meant to be put to everyday use purely as works of art. Father God said, 
preacher go down to the potter's shop. Beloved, the message to Pastor Jeremiah for us today was crystal clear. Let's look at it. God's vessel, God's people, God's church of honor had been marred. You know, got some ingredients in him that shouldn't have been there, doing some things that shouldn't have been doing. His brilliant masterpiece became a vessel of dishonor. And, and this was the vessel Jeremiah saw. He saw the potter start a vessel, and in the midst of the vessel, the potter kind of saw some stuff in the vessel that shouldn't have been in there. I don't know, it could have been sand, duh. I don't know what was in the potter's house. But he finished the vessel only to see that the vessel didn't look like he intended the vessel to look. And so the vessel had some cracks and some, some scars. It was all messed up. So you would think, or Pastor Jeremiah might have thought, if I was the potter, I'd throw that vessel away and just start all over with a whole new piece of clay. But that's not what he saw. Jeremiah saw the hope that just like the potter, he would never throw the clay away. No, he didn't throw the clay away. He just restarted it, threw a little more water on it. Same piece of clay, same piece of clay, and started to reshape it. Oh, he would take his or her brokenness and he would remold her and reshape her into a new vessel. Oh, dearly beloved, there's so much we can learn from this Old Testament lesson. With God, as those of us who call ourselves Christians today, we need to hear this because in this parable, there are three key elements, three key elements, three key elements. One, there is the lesson that the potter, who of course in this parable represents God. The potter represents God in the parable, our heavenly father. Two, that the clay, which is you and me, who are all the children of God, and then there's the potter's wheel, which represents our earthly life and circumstances. Somebody say, the potter is God, the clay is us, and the potter's wheel is life. So, there are three variable life lessons in this wonderful passage. Look at your neighbor say, I'm ready to learn, I'm ready to learn. First, beloved, there is the basic principle, the basic truth of this whole parable is this. God the potter is in control. Look at your neighbor say, God's in control. First lesson, God is in control. We have all heard people boasting, you know, about, I'm a self-made person. I, I'm a self-made woman, self-made man. Well, let me tell you, when people make this boastful claim, they are saying that everything they are and everything they have and everything they have become is a result of their own human efforts. children of God, we must understand that you and I no more make ourselves any more than a lump of clay. Because God is the potter and we are the clay. 
And just as the potter exercises his will over a lump of clay, God desires to exercise his will over us. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 9, the New Living Test translation, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. In other words, people say we plan and God what? God laughs. You know, beloved, it's when we try to be the potter. Well, somebody help me. You know, we living in a world where people really do believe they the potter. Uh, <laughs> They really do believe they in control or something. They really do believe that they have all power above all power. That they know all things to be known. And so today, rather than lifting up our spirits, we lift up ourselves and our bodies to where we talk about how powerful somebody is, how smart somebody is, how many things somebody has. But we don't have control over nada. And neither do they, and you know who I'm talking about. Because every one of us has accumulated some cracks and some chips along the way. And if you and I would think back to the biggest mistakes and failures in life circumstances as they came at a time when we tried to be in control. Times when we tried to be our own potter. We even get in relationships where we gonna be somebody else's potter. It's called a fixer-upper. <laughs> Look at somebody say, you can't fix nobody. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, we can't even fix ourselves. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so listen, listen. As Christians, we must never forget that we don't even belong to ourselves, beloved. We were bought with a price. And just, and because, and because, and because we belong to God, he wants us to trust him with our lives. Trust God, knowing that by submitting to God's will, he'll mold us and shape us into the very best that we could become. Somebody say amen. And so the first thing is God is in control. Then secondly, secondly, let's consider God's purpose. Now why would God even want to take the time to melt us and mold us and fill us and use us? What was his purpose? God's purpose and God's desire is to make us vessels. And so he wants to make us vessels that can be of service to the world, vessels that will give him glory. And so he'll mold us and he'll shape us into the very best we can become. And nobody can do that but God. God's purpose is to make us vessels of honor. And so beloved, 
just what is it that God's trying to make out of you and me? He make us vessels of honor. His purpose is to transform us by his grace, his unmerited love for a worthless piece of clay. See, when you think you all that in a bag of chips, you have to remember you're just a piece of clay. <laughs> Be patient with yourself, you're just a piece of clay. Stop letting people mold you, stop trying to mold yourself, and just let God have his way as he fashions you and me into the vessel that he would have us become. God wants us to be beautiful vessels, strong vessels, confident vessels, grateful vessels that will bring glory and honor to him. Somebody say, wow. And the vessels, listen, that bring the greatest honor and glory to God are those who are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, it means something when you say you want to be like Jesus. Because if you haven't read the word or heard the word, then you don't even know who Jesus is. You want to be like Jesus? Boy, we all don't want to be like Jesus. Jesus was something, wasn't he? Jesus is something today as he sits on the right hand of God, praying for you and for me. But to be like Jesus, that's what God wants us to become. Like Jesus, like Jesus, like Jesus. And God says in, in Romans 8:21. God has also known who he has chosen. Did you know that everybody in here, this was not your idea to be a Christian and be in church? You ain't that good and smart. This was not your idea. Not my idea either. You didn't choose to be a Christian. I didn't choose to be a pastor. You know what happened? We were chosen. Look at his neighbor and say, I'm chosen. You were chosen. The Bible teaches us that we were predestined by God <laughs> to be a Christian, predestined to be a pastor. And God has also known who he chose. He has decided to let them become like his own son so that his son would be the first of many children. The Apostle Paul writes to the Galatian church, and Galatian pastor says, my children. My children. Yeah, y'all are my children. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how old you are, you're still my children. Come on, come on. I'm just here representing God's pastor to understand that we're all God's children. Yeah, yeah. But Pastor Paul said, oh, my children, to the church at Galatians, he said, I'm in terrible pain until Christ may be seen living in you. You know, listen, when a potter sits down at his wheel to work with a lump of clay, he has a purpose in mind for that lump of clay. His purpose may be to turn that lump of clay into a vase, a bowl, a cup, or a pitcher. And as the potter works that piece of clay, his goal will be to work toward the fulfillment of his purpose. Therefore, there is a process, say process, 
is a process used to make us into vessels of honor whose life will give God glory. Now, we're going to talk about, just a minute, the process. We still have some time, and I might keep y'all in here a long time, but I don't plan to. Now, let's talk about the process God uses to make us vessels of honor. How will he do it? How will he do it? He's in control. He wants to make us the best that we can become. So God will use our circumstances. God will use our experiences. God will use everything that happens to us in this life to mold us into vessels of honor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're not going through what you're going through for nothing. Beloved, you know what? It takes time for a potter to transform a lump of clay into a beautiful vessel. It takes time. That's why it's never too late. Because some of us, you know, we turn at a different rate of speed. So you can't put an age on when somebody is finished. And, and you can't put an age on when somebody is not even unfinished. That's why you don't give up on anybody at any time. Because God's creation in the vessel works differently for all of us. Some of us keep going through the same thing and the same thing and the same thing over because the potter keep having to slap that clay and put new water on it. Because we don't get it. Now the lesson is, God never gives up on any of us. So while you think God is messing with you because he doesn't like you, God chastises those whom he loves. So if he loves you, and he does, he might slap you on that table as many times as it takes for you to get it. Because he's molding us out of our experiences. You marry somebody, then you turn around and marry somebody that's just like the one you married in the first place. And you keep getting paid, and you keep getting paid, and you keep spending money that you don't have, and you're always broke. And then we keep eating and keep eating, and then we get fat and we lose it, and then we go back to eating again. But praise God, people might give up on us. People might talk about us. People might not like us, but praise God. God is not finished with me yet. God never gives up on me. God's going to keep working and working and working on me until I become a vessel of honor. I'm talking about God. You better give God more attention than you do anybody else because nobody has the patience and the love for you like God does. 
Somebody said to me one time, well, nobody like you so fat, I'm going, but God loves me. Hey, I mean, who are you? You don't have to love me like me. God loves me. And the things that he doesn't like, he'll work it out. He'll fix me up. I can think of so many things I used to do that I don't do anymore. Don't even want to do them. Did that. I'm learning as I get older to let God change me quickly. Because I don't want to go through some of the stuff I went through. <laughs> Before, and it took him a while. God will use our circumstances. In the New Testament, Pastor Paul describes it so beautifully. Second Corinthians, that Pastor Paul says, you know, we are like clay jars in which the treasure is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. People need to stop getting up in your face. Because God loves you. I'm just here to tell you. God loves you and God loves me. And the Bible says we often suffer. It's God working on us. But we are never crushed. Because we are a child of God. Even when we don't know what to do. We never give up. We never stop coming to church. We never stop praying. In times of trouble, we know that God is with us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We face death every day because of Jesus. Acting like Jesus will get you in trouble. <laughs> Our bodies show what his death was like so that his life can be seen in us. I'm so glad that God don't let me look like the trouble I've been through. Look at your neighbor and say, me too, thank you, Lord. Yeah, they say, they say black don't crack, but Christians don't crack. That's who don't crack. That's who God will fix up and let you look better than you could have ever looked. Child of God, when a potter starts working on a lump of clay, he has to apply more pressure because the clay doesn't yield so easily. You gotta learn to yield easily to the Lord. You gotta know the word, cause if you don't, he just has to press, he has to put more pressure on you. That's what he got to do. Now that next part talk about going in the furnace, but we might not go all the way to the furnace today cause God is not playing with us because he loves us too much. Listen, some of us may have made some terrible mistakes in life. Perhaps you went through a divorce and maybe you got involved in an adulterous relationship. Perhaps you became addicted to some sinful habit and take Taking control of your, maybe you got involved in some unethical business deals, or perhaps you betrayed your maid or betrayed a best friend. I don't know, I don't know. It would take me forever to read all the mistakes that we have made. But I do know that God knows, and you know, you and God know, because we've all fallen short. 
of being godly from time to time. Somebody say amen. And so when we make huge mistakes in life, you know, sometimes we feel as though we have done irreparable damage and God can never use us. People are walking around every day with guilt about I'm not good enough. When I get better, I'm gonna come to church. I'm gonna know you come to church to get better. If anybody told you they better in the church, the devil is a liar. Because we all come knowing that we need to get on the potter's wheel. That's why we come to get on the potter's wheel. And so, and that's what the devil will tell us. But the devil is a liar. Child of God, if you are one of those people who think that God can't use you because of a mistake you made in life, you need to think again and think about all of the preachers and the prophets and the saints that God used. All of them had made mistakes because there is nobody perfect but God. Because our lesson this morning is telling us clearly, God never throws away a piece of clay. Glory to God. And when we make terrible mistakes in life, the potter can do nothing else but just gracefully crush us and break us down and begin remolding us and reshaping us into a beautiful vessel that will bring glory and honor to his name. And so hear this. I heard a preacher say, a blob of clay isn't worth much. But a piece of fine china can cost a lot. Why? Because it's become valuable because of the workmen invested in making it. A basketball only costs $34. But in the hands of LeBron James, it's worth $89 million. A baseball only costs $22, but in the hands of Mike Trout, it's worth $50.6 million. A tennis ball only costs $2. Oh, but in the hands of Serena Williams, it's worth $69 million. A golf ball only costs $2, but in the hands of Tiger Woods, it's worth $54 million. What really matters is whose hands are you in? Are you in? And it's awesome that we're in God's hand. You can't even put a price on us. We are in God's hands. The songwriter says, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Melt me, mold me after your will while I am waiting, yielded and still. And then the young songwriter says it's like this. In case you have fallen, just made me think of the precious young woman that God sent to us on last weekend named Esther. 
You know, when people fall and they can't get up, that's where the church is. God said, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sinners. I thank God because that includes me. A sinner saved by God's grace. Mercies new every morning. A woman said, I've fallen. And the church said, and we love you anyway. That's what the church said. So the song writes, in case you've fallen, the wayside of life, your dreams and visions shattered, you're all broken inside. So many people in the world today, broken and shattered, not even feeling like they're worthy to walk up in God's house. To the point when I leave tomorrow, for the conference, I know we'll hear that our churches are empty because people don't feel like they are worthy. And so the truth of the matter is, because we know that now, we're gonna have to go get them. We're gonna have to go get them and bring them. You can't look back, you can't wish things were where they used to be. If you keep looking in the rearview mirror, you're gonna just crash into everything. It's a new day. God said, I'm doing a new thing. They will come because they see me in you. They'll come because you welcome them home to my house. They'll come shattered and broken. So you need to let people know that you don't have to stay in the shape that you're in. Mm. Mm. We can't keep giving up on people like we do. Too much sin that we can't say we, we serve a God who can fix anything who can heal anybody who loves everybody because the powder wants to put you back together again that's what the songwriter says all all the powder wants case you have fallen by the wayside of life. That's all of us at times. Dreams and visions shattered. All of us from now on. Sometimes. You don't have to stay in the shape that you're in. In the shape that you're in. 
Because the potter was the potter one to put you together. I said the potter oh the potter. Yes, he does to put you back together again. In case you have fallen. In case you have fallen. By the wayside. By the wayside. Life can be messy. It can be ugly. Dreams and dreams and visions just shatter. You're all broken inside. Oh, somebody up in here today. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You don't have to stay. You don't have to stay, baby. In the shame that you're in. Because I'm here to tell you that the potter, the potter wants to put you back together again. Don't you ever be ashamed of saying I need fixing. Fix me, Jesus. Fix me, Jesus. Fix me, Jesus. Oh, the potter. In case your situation <laughs> has turned upside down. I don't know what's going on with you, but God. All that you've accomplished, all that you've accomplished is now on the now ground. Just on the ground. of your broken life, my friend.